Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Please open your Bibles to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. We'll read a portion of verse 16 and verse 17. Malachi three sixteen and 17. I don't know how you feel about coming to church. Sometimes we come because we are supposed to come. Sometimes we come because we want to come. And sometimes we come to church because we need to come. And I'm telling you, today is one of those days I needed to come to church. I needed to fellowship with believers. I needed to sing praise with brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, It's like an infusion that gives you life and help and hope. Before I read the scripture, uh, a few weeks ago I realized I was going through a spiritual battle. And I shared some of that from the pulpit. And I told you on that day that I started doing what King David did of old. I started encouraging myself in the Lord. And basically that involves a couple of things. It involves taking my eyes off me and my circumstances and putting my eyes on the Lord fully and completely, getting in His Word, remembering His promises, and really focusing on what God has said He would do for us, who He is. And for, uh, for several weeks now, I've been doing just that. I've been encouraging myself in the Lord. In fact, some of what you're hearing from the pulpit last week and this week uh, is a reflection of that. Last week, you remember, I talked on humbling yourself before God. That the way up is the way down. If you want God to reach down and touch you, you humble yourself. God uh, resists the proud, but it gives grace to the humble. And, uh, and today, the text that we're about to read uh, from the book of Malachi is a verse that I have used to encourage myself in the Lord. It has been a blessing to me. I hope and pray it will be a blessing to you and encourage you as well. Malachi 3, 16 and 17 says, For those who fear the Lord and who meditate on His name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them. Now, we have a tendency as Christians... As preachers, as teachers, we have a tendency to complicate things. But the Bible, on the other hand, does just the opposite. The Bible makes things real simple. Every now and then I'll hear someone say, the Bible's just so complicated I I can't understand it. No, preachers are so complicated you can't understand them. The Bible's pretty clear. It's pretty simple. It, It just makes it plain. And this passage of Scripture is one of those that's just so simple. For those who fear the Lord, the word fear means to worship, to reverence. It means to 
to know who he is. It means to recognize him. It means to tremble in his presence, to know that he is the Almighty. And then it says, and who meditate on his name. The word meditate simply means to, to, to think about him, to fill your heart and your mind with him, to make Jesus Christ a part of your daily meditation, where you're meditating on him. And, and those two things, for those who fear the Lord, those who reverence him, those who worship him, and that's what we've been doing today. We've been reverencing the Lord. We've been worshiping him. We've been recognizing who he is. We've been meditating on his name throughout this song service. In fact, I was amazed. I didn't know we were singing the songs we'd sing today, but the title of my message is The Wonderful Name. The Wonderful Name. And we've been singing uh, about that name. And here's the amazing thing. It just, just as simple uh, as it can get. This is just simple biblical truth. That those who fear the Lord and those who meditate on His name. This is what He says. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. I like the sound of that. It doesn't say those who accomplish great things or those who are scholars or those who have it all figured out or those who never make a mistake. It says those who fear the Lord and who meditate on His name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. And I love this. On the day... Pull that scripture back up. You took it down too soon. It says... They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. I, I've meditated on that. I don't have a clue what that means. But I sure do like the way it sounds. On the day that I make them my jewels. All I know is there is coming a day, a hallelujah, great, glorious, magnificent day, beyond all the other days in our lives, when those who fear the Lord and those who meditate on His name, He's going to do something in us that will turn us into jewels. He's going to do something in us that will turn us into trophies of grace. He will do something in our lives that will cause us to bring great glory to our God. And then it says, And I will spare them. Now, that seems to be an indication that they deserve something other than what they're getting. Maybe you deserve judgment. Maybe you deserve punishment. Uh, maybe you deserve to be separated from God. But because you feared the Lord, because you worshiped the Lord, because you meditated on His name, because you recognized who He was, He said, one of these days I'll make you my jewels and I will spare them. I like that. Have you ever been around somebody that says, I just want what's coming to me? Well, that would be a good place to take about ten steps backward just in case God gives them what's coming to them right at that moment. I don't want what's coming to me. I don't want what I deserve. I don't want what I should receive. I want the God of all creation to spare me. I want Him to do for me what I can't do for myself. I, I, I want Him 
to do a wonder, a marvel, a miracle, a beautiful work in my life. And that's what he says he'll do. And I want him to spare me. So basically what this passage of Scripture is all about is those who fear the Lord. And I recently preached on that. But I want to focus on that part that says, and who meditate on His name. Now, we uh, meditate on the, on the name of the Lord when we just think about it. I, I, I think we can complicate it, but if you just think about the Lord, if His name graces your lips, if your mind is stayed on Him, and the Bible goes through uh, quite a few things. The Bible is crystal clear on this subject. Those who know the name of the Lord and those who meditate on the name of the Lord and those who trust the name of the Lord and those who fear the name of the Lord will receive blessings. Now, I'll just give you a couple of scriptures, but there's so many of them that you could uh, spend hours and hours tracing them down in scripture. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts you. That's trusting in the Lord. That's meditating on his name. And then Psalm 9.10 says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Those are some strong promises, aren't they? <clears throat> Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a, a what? A strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. What is a strong tower? The name of the Lord. There's something about that name. There's something about that wonderful, magnificent name that we're allowed to use. And it's a strong tower. And the Bible says the righteous run to it and are safe. One more scripture. Psalm 91, 14 through 16. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. And by the way, if you're familiar with Psalm 91, it's one of the most beautiful psalms in the Bible. It's about those who find their security, their protection, their blessings in the Lord. And it's talking about the man who trusts the Lord, the man who meditates on the things of the Lord. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. There has to be something spiritual. There has to be something almost supernatural for it to be put in this context. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So this morning, what I want to do just for a few moments is I want us to meditate on that name. I want us to think about that name. And I love the fact that we've already been doing that all through the song service. And, and I want to tell you, I love those songs. I love the songs we were singing today. I, I love the songs that focus on Him and who He is and how wonderful He is. Uh, some of the modern day songs, and I don't want to go into this, but some of the modern day songs are more about us than they are God. It's more about how much God loves us and how he can't stand the thought of us not being with him and heaven wouldn't be heaven if 
we weren't there. Trust me, heaven will be heaven if you don't show up. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's just foolishness. That's just the deification of man and the diminishing of God. God doesn't need us. He loves us and He wants us to spend eternity with Him. Give me the songs that lift up the high, the holy name of Jesus, that lift that name high, that remind us of who He is and how great He is and how wonderful He is. I, I love that old song. Uh, I heard it years ago and fell in love with it. He's more wonderful. You remember? He's more wonderful than my mind can conceive. He's more wonderful than my heart can believe. He goes beyond my highest hopes and fondest dreams. He's everything my soul has ever longed for. Everything He promised and so much more. More than amazing, more than marvelous, more than miraculous could ever be. He's more wonderful. That's what Jesus is to me. See, see, I like, I like those songs. Those, those are amazing songs. Now, years ago, I started using a little confession of faith about who Jesus is to me. And it was real short at the time. I probably started this like 25 years ago. And if you've been around me very long, if you've heard me preach very long, you've heard some of this. And... Uh, it kind of started out something like this. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's the pearl of great price. But what, what's happened is, is that through the years, that list, as I've studied God's Word, that list just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And then I realized... Uh, when I read this passage of Scripture, that what that list is all about is meditating on His name. Uh, about remembering who He is. And, and so I want to give you the latest version of that confession of faith. But before I do, I want to tell you about a little kindergartner. There's a story I love. I heard some years ago about a kindergarten teacher who had the children to just draw a picture. They could draw it of anything they wanted to draw. And they got real quiet, and they were all drawing, and the kindergarten teacher noticed that there was one little girl who was just drawing frantically. And so she walked over to her, and she said, Honey, what are you drawing? And she said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher just laughed and said, Well, honey, nobody knows what God looks like. And without missing a beat, she said, they will in just a minute. (laughs) Now the truth is this. None of us know what God looks like as far as a picture or as far as the image. The closest we can come is He's made us in His likeness and in His image. But the Bible is filled with word pictures of who He is and what He's like and what He does for us. So here's the latest version of my list that I started about 25 years ago. He's the Rose of Sharon. 
He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He's the pearl of great price. He's life's richest treasure. He's manna from heaven. He's the God-man, God incarnate. He's help for the needy. He's hope for the weary. He's courage for the discouraged. He's living water for the thirsty. He's the bread of life for the hungry. He's a way maker. He can make a way where there is no way. He's the miracle we need when there's no hope in sight. He's the refuge we hide in in time of trouble. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the cornerstone of everything we believe. He's the Good Shepherd. He's the Great Shepherd. He's the Chief Shepherd. He's our personal shepherd. He's the true and faithful witness. He's the high priest who feels our pain and understands our weakness. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of kings. He's the king of the ages. He, he's the king eternal. He's the lamb of God. He's the spotless Lamb of God without blemish. He's the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's the Lamb that takes away our sins. He's the Passover Lamb. He's our Passover Lamb. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of righteousness. He's the Lord of all. He is the Son of Man. He's the son of David. He's the son of God. He's the new Adam. He's the second Adam. He's the last Adam. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's the light of the world. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the stone the builders rejected. And yet He's still the Savior of the world. He's my God. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my shield. He's the horn of my salvation. He's my strength. He's my refuge. He's my hiding place. He's my healer. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. He's the rock of ages. He's the root and the offspring of David. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn among many brethren. He's the only worthy sacrifice that could take away our sins. He's our advocate. He intercedes for us beside the Father. He's the capstone of our faith. He's the Ancient of Days. He's the Anointed Savior. He's the Captain of our salvation. He's the Christ. He's the Creator. He's the Redeemer. 
He's the deliverer. He's the ruler. He's the sustainer of all of life. He is the one and only rightful heir who will inherit everything. He is the express image of God. He is the brightness of His glory. He is the great I Am. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah who's coming soon. He's the living one. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the one mediator between God and man. He's the one judge who will one day judge the living and the dead. And He's the only one who can save your soul and give you eternal life. His name is Jesus. In Spanish, it's Jesus. In Greek, it's Jesus. In Latin, it's Jesus. In Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what language you use. It's the only name on earth whereby man can be saved. Everything else is false. Everything else is wrong. And that's the reason the false religions are not persecuted. But Christianity is. Because the enemy's not going to fight against the false religion. But he fights against the truth. And he is the truth. Oh, friends. Friends, he is. Listen. Listen. You say, Pastor, what are you doing this morning? I'm meditating. That's what I'm doing. I'm meditating. I'm just thinking. I'm not trying to analyze it. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just meditating. I'm just believing what God's Word says. He's the one who can bring good news into a life filled with bad news. He's the one who can bind up your broken heart. He's the one who can open your prison doors. He's the one who can set the captives free. He's the only one that can perform the miracle of giving you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He's the only one that can do that. He's the only one who can take all of us from our different backgrounds and our different weaknesses and our different sins and our different hang-ups and make us trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that in the end God is glorified by us and through us and through what He's done in our lives. What a name. What a name. The name of Jesus. It's, it's a wonderful name. A few years back, I had a series of dreams. And I thought it was strange at first, but then I realized God was trying to communicate with me. But if, if you don't believe God can speak to you in dreams, and I'm going to pray for you that you'll start believing your Bible. Because it's all through the Bible. I, I had three dreams. And uh, in one of my dreams, I dreamed that I was lying down and the weight of the world was just pressing down on my chest. And it got heavier and heavier. And finally it got so heavy that I couldn't breathe. 
And I was just struggling to breathe. And I will tell you this, friends. Since I started sharing these dreams, I've had dozens of people tell me they've had similar dreams. But I just felt like the weight of the world was just pressing down on me. And I got where I couldn't breathe. Have you ever seen that uh, uh, thing on television where I think it's COPD and somebody's there in an elephant's sitting on their chest? That, that's how it felt. And finally, it just the breath was going out of me. I was, I was losing it. I, was, I, I knew I was dying. And finally, I started trying to just eke out Jesus. 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 And, and, and the more I said it, the weight started lifting off. And I, and I just kept saying, Jesus, Jesus. And it just, it, it just lifted off of me. And, and, and friends, uh, whether we like it or not, or whether it's too simple for us to really understand, the Bible talks about that name being a supernatural name. There's, there's power in that name. And I woke up and I thought, man, that is an amazing dream. Uh, uh, I didn't really know what to do with it at first, but then not long after that I had another dream. And I dreamed that I was facing a demon. And, uh, and it, was, it was bad. I've had people ask me, well, what did the demon look like? Well, let me tell you, he didn't look like a Democrat. And he didn't look like a Republican. Or any recent presidents that we've had. It was ugly. It was evil. It was vulgar. It was violent. And, and I, I was looking at this demon. And what I wanted to do, I, I don't want you to think I'm braver than I really am. What I wanted to do is run. My feet would not work. Dreams are strange things, aren't they? My feet wouldn't work. My feet wouldn't move. I was stuck. And I could tell this demon was going to attack me. And I, I had nothing. I couldn't run. I had nothing to defend myself. And this demon starts at me and starts running at me. And I cringed and squinted. And all I could do is right at the last, I started saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And this demon just went right through me. And I turned and he was about the same distance behind me. And we went through that little exercise about four or five times. But I realized that as long as I was saying the name Jesus, he couldn't touch me. And I woke up. I thought, man, I'm having some weird dreams these days. What does that mean? And then I had the third dream. And then the third dream, I was around some folks that were just arguing and fussing and there was chaos and confusion. It was just bickering. Don't you, don't you hate confusion? Come on, don't, don't you hate that? It was just annoying and they were, they were fussing and whining and complaining about everything. And in my dream, I said, I just said, Jesus. Almost like I was Jesus. And the coolest thing ever happened. My feet came off the ground. Have you ever had one of those dreams where you didn't want to wake up? Oh, I've had dreams where I didn't want to wake up. This was one of them. My feet came off the ground. I thought, man, that is just so cool. 
And then I said, Jesus again. I'm going a little higher. I'm not making this up. I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm five feet off the ground. I kept saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm 10 feet off the ground. And then I'm 15 feet. And then I'm 20 feet off the ground. I'm thinking, this is the coolest thing in the world. People ask me, do you think we'll be able to fly when we get to heaven? I'm confident of it. I've done some flying in my dreams. <laughs> and I'm looking down saying, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm looking down. And all these people are fussing and whining and complaining and, and fighting and trying to destroy each other. And I'm up here having a time of my life. And, and then I quit saying Jesus. <laughs> I, 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 wish, I wish you could have seen this. I quit saying Jesus, and I went. And right before I hit the ground, I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus! And then I was back up soaring again. And as long as I said Jesus, I woke up. I put them all together. When you got the weight of the world on your friends, there is a name. There's a wonderful name that'll get it off of you. When you're under the attack of the enemy, and if you're a Christian, you will be under the attack of the enemy. The name of Jesus will render the enemy defense. I mean, he'll be defenseless. He won't be able to touch you. When we live in this world, Jesus said, in this world, you you shall have chaos and confusion. It's going to happen. And we live in the world, but he said, but I will give you peace. The name of Jesus will get the weight of the world off of you. The name of Jesus will protect you from the enemy. The name of Jesus will lift you above the chaos and confusion of this world. There's power in that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the mere mention of his name, can calm the storm. Heal the broken and raise the dead. At the name of Jesus, sin-hardened men are melted, derelicts transformed, and the lights of of a hopeless child. What am I doing? I'm meditating on the name. At the name of Jesus, hatred and bitterness turn to love and forgiveness. Arguments cease. At the name of Jesus, wonderful things happen. I've heard a mother softly breathe his name at the bedside of a child delirious from fever. And I've watched that little body grow quiet and the fevered brow cooled. I've sat beside a dying saint, her body racked with pain, who in those final fleeting seconds summoned her last ounce of ebbing strength to whisper her sweetest name, Jesus, Jesus. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophies have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it. Yet still it stands. And there shall come that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race, shall be raised in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. For in that day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see, it was not mere chance that caused the angel one night long ago to say to a virgin maiden, His name shall be called Jesus. Jesus. What a name.
What a wonderful name. Are you discouraged today? There's a wonderful name. Is your heart broken today? There's a wonderful name. If you're not sure of your salvation, there's a wonderful name. If you're in trouble and you don't know how to get out, there's a name. If you're you're fighting a spiritual battle like I've been fighting for a couple weeks now, and let me just stop right here and give you a little sermon within a sermon. If you're a child of God and you're the least bit interested in growing in grace, you're going to fight spiritual battle after spiritual battle after spiritual battle. The enemy will not let you grow in grace without fighting with you. You will have spiritual battles. And listen to this. Most of the time, the battle that you think is a physical battle is a spiritual battle manifesting itself in a physical world. It's spiritual. We walk, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness and evil in high places. If you're, if you're fighting a spiritual battle, there's a wonderful name. If you've lost your joy, there's a wonderful name. If you've lost your vision and your hope for the future, there's a wonderful name. There's a name above every name. Demons tremble at the mention of that name. Angels show up at the mention of that name. God is glorified at just the mention of that name. That name is so powerful and it is so wonderful and it is so glorious that when you meditate on that name and you speak that name, it changes everything around you. I did my best to prepare this message. I wanted to just meditate before you on the name of Jesus. I wanted to just talk about the name of Jesus. I wanted to encourage you to have... By the way, let me share with you. Lord is a wonderful word. Christ is a wonderful word. God is a wonderful word. Savior is a wonderful word. Those are all biblical. But Jesus... There's something about the name of Jesus. When you're talking to somebody, don't say, I serve the Lord. Say, I serve Jesus. Jesus. That's the name above every name. That's the name that makes all the difference in the world. But I do fear that I have not done it justice. So I would like for you to hear in conclusion today the words of the late, great Dr. S.M. Lockridge as the lights go down. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know it? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? 
He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king! That's my king! Amen! Every now and then I'll hear someone say, I'm going to fast for three or four days. And by the way, I believe in fasting. I've uh, fasted uh, a number of times in my life, uh, even to an extreme. My wife and I did a 40-day fast one time. And uh, others in this church have done that same thing. And that's a good thing. And I think there's a time to do that. And if the Lord leads you into a fast, that's good. I've heard people talk about, well, I'm going to get people to pray for me. Or I'm going I'm to start going to a prayer meeting. All those things are wonderful. And I, you should do that. But rarely do I ever hear anybody say, you know what? I'm going to take the name of Jesus. And I'm going to meditate on that name. I, I think I'm going to go a week. And I'm not going to look at television. I'm not going to look at Facebook. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to meditate on that name. Friends, I tell you, the name of Jesus will lift the burdens of this life off of you. The name of Jesus will be your armor and defense against evil. 
The name of Jesus will lift you above the mess and the confusion of this world. The enemy does not want you holding on to, meditating on, and using that name, which is above every name. I'm going to give an invitation in just a second. And if there's somebody here who needs to say, yes, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus and be saved, I want you to meet me here at the front. If there's something that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do or make some commitment, then you can come get on your knees at the altar. And if you need to join this church, I want you to do that too. Maybe you've been attending and it's time for you to join this church and be a part of our fellowship. You come forward. But I want to ask everybody, you don't have to come down the aisle to do this. I want to ask everybody here today to make a commitment that you're going to take the name of Jesus and you're going to make it a part of your life like never before. You're going to meditate on it. You're going to think on that name. You're going to, you're going to try to understand it better. You're going to make it your hiding place. You're going, to, you're going to make it your defense. You're going to speak the name of Jesus over your marriage, over your children, over your job, over your enemies. That the name of Jesus, you will use that name. I think it is the weapon that most of us do not use like God intended for us to use it. Father, I pray right now that if there are those who are not saved and uh, would not go to heaven if they died today, I pray this morning, Lord, that they will say yes to you, that salvation will take place right here at this altar. I pray if there are Christians who are distant from you or fighting spiritual battles like I've been fighting, that today will be a huge step in the right direction. I pray, Father, that you will will bless us to use that name and to make a commitment to use that name. There are those who need to join this church. May it take place this morning. But Father, I'm asking that this would be a day that every person in this house would embrace the name of Jesus. Make a commitment to fear the Lord and to meditate on that holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.